This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. ITFC have added one more body in the building ahead of the transfer window. Slamming shots. But first and foremost, we have got a game on Saturday to discuss. This is the Blue Monday podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing Ipswich Town up or down since 2015. I'm Richard Woodward and this is the pre-match show brought to you in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. We're available live before every ITFC weekend game here on YouTube and available on podcast auto shortly afterwards. And joining me to talk about, there's plenty of news this week, Seb, and we've alluded to it in the intro, haven't we? Um, Seb Brown's here. Um, How are you, mate, first and foremost? I'm good, thank you. I'm I'm very good. I'm excited. We've got a new signing to talk about. I bet you Body cannot the wait building. for 11 p.m. tomorrow, can you? I bet you can't wait for it all to be over until January the 1st. I hate it. I'm not even going to pretend. <laughs> hate's a very strong word. I think it's an absolute circus, and I think it creates a really bad situation. I feel bad for players who are being kind of touted about a little bit and then Deals don't happen and they have to go back to their teams with their tails between their legs or jettisoned out, you know, into the reserves. I just think it encourages short-term behaviours. It encourages fans to get really high expectations and then get really disappointed when Ipswich don't spend seven million quid on a striker. I just think it the only people who win are Sky and football agents. I've said it consistently. Um, and people will be pleased to hear that if, um, if Craig makes it, um, back over from France tomorrow night. No, it's Joe. It's Joe, isn't it, from France? I think both of them are travelling from somewhere, aren't they? I think Craig oh, okay. mentioned Folkestone. Right. Um, they will do a late night loving on transfer deadline stuff tomorrow night. If if we've got if our you know if we put our feelers out and the sense that business might get done, then we will do. We will go live. They will go live. I will ignore it completely. But fill your boots. If people enjoy it, that's totally fine. I'm merely expressing my opinion that I think it's an absolute farce of a thing. So, but you you haven't expressed opinion on this, though. Let's hear. What's, what's your take? I don't really mind it in the slightest, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a big one. I mean, I used to really enjoy it back in the day. Do you remember the year when I think Berbatov was going to United and Rabinho was going to City and there was the Andy Carroll, Fernando Torres year? There have been some some big, decent deadline days, but I've not I've not watched it for, for years, to be honest with you. It's nice to be involved. I mean, Christ, how many years in a row did we have TWTD <laughs> understands there will be no business at Portman Road? You know, Humble we did, Jeff, yeah. Yeah, we did absolutely nothing for years on end. So I think it's nice that we're a little bit involved as I expect us to be tomorrow. I guess it probably suggests that our window might not have gone totally to plan given the plans earlier in the summer and some of the statements issued by the club. But I'm happy to see what comes tomorrow. It'll give me something to do to refresh during work and keep an eye on. Yeah, um, we'll talk about the the arrival of Dane Scarlett shortly. But yeah, in terms of speculation, go and join the Telegram um, group and join the tele- the transfer chatter there if you want to indulge yourselves over there. Um, You'll for another understand. 25 hours until it's yeah, instantly until, shuts down. Well, and then it becomes match day chat again, thankfully, and some sanity is restored. Um, so if you want to indulge in idle speculation in the chat, um, 
don't expect a huge amount of attention from me <laughs> pressing the buttons, but Craig and Joe will love all of that kind of stuff tomorrow. And they're, they are your port of call for that kind of stuff. They're much more chilled and relaxed on this kind of stuff than I am. We've spoken for about three minutes. We haven't said hello to folks in the chat. As I said, we are live. We want to hear from you unless it's about transferring. <laughs> um, Charlie's with us. Neil is with us. Nigel's here from South Carolina. Um, and I reckon, is that an Ipswich crest or is that a Suffolk crest? I think it's an Ipswich crest, isn't it, there in, the, um, in his profile pick. Um, David is with us. Saw him last week at the ground, along with Tim, um, in a wet Plymouth. Um, good day to Michael. Hello to Matt, to Mullet. Um, Andy, this is the voice of the Misterons, because Dame Scarlet and all that, that's that's one for the, for the kids. Captain Scarlet was brilliant. So um, the, it was second for me, Thunderbirds, Captain Scarlet, Stingray. There you go. Um, you, that was a get, ranking. Get, get your top threes, people, in the chat. Yeah, stick that in the chat. I'll, I'll indulge that. Yeah, Jerry Anderson shows in in so he, what about Space Precinct? Do you remember that? That was much later. That was real people. It was. Was, was oh it? yeah, that was, but, yeah. yeah it's Jerry Anderson though. I'm right. We're ranking yeah, yeah, Jerry Anderson shows. I prefer puppets. <laughs> There's your clip for TikTok next week. Daryl's with us. Nick Rodders, Ipswich old boy, um, Scarlet. Very good bit of business in his opinion. Mark is here. Um, bonsoir to Neil in Paris. Clinton is with us as well. Rich going full nineties tonight. I'm not sure. How did I? I mean, I'm always nineties. Let's be honest, but might need to be more specific. Uh, Jules is here and he's um, manning the predictions on behalf of the Telegram group. So we shall um, hear, hear what. Jules has got to say for what is happening on the weekend. But for now, um, oh, there we go. Sam gets a shout out for a Peter Modern Wingy message. That was brilliant. Uh, yeah, wasn't it? Sat in a car park. Was it a QPR? Sat in a car park in QPR. Was waiting it West to... Brom or something? Or yeah. yeah. A lot of folks joining us. Thanks everyone for um uh, there we go. Terra Hawk says Neil. Um and an old Ipswich crest. There you go. Season ticket holder in the US for a holiday. Uh, there you go, Nigel. So enjoy South Carolina. We've, we've tiptoed around it. Let's talk about Dane Scarlet, um, Seb, I kind of checked myself because we've been talking about Scar- Thunderbirds and um, <laughs> Captain Scarlet. But yeah, deal to join ITFC on loan from Spurs, someone we know very well from his time at Portsmouth last season. In fact, played in all three of our games, I think, against Portsmouth and scored yep. in one of them as well. Yep. One of these players, Seb, with excellent pedigree. Yep. I think probably first and foremost in respect of this one, it's it's the opinion of Kieran McKenna that we're probably most interested in, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I've seen quite a few things on social media and the message board saying people are a bit underwhelmed for me. I think it's a an excellent signing. I understand people do want to go and spend, you know, crazy money on a recognized striker, but we've just signed a guy from Spurs who Kieran McKenna 12 months ago described as the best young one of the best young talents in world football, not the UK, not Europe, world football. So, you know, McKenna clearly knows his onions. He knows far more about football than any of us do and I think it's another excellent signing. He adds a bit of versatility. He can cover in sort of a variety of attacking areas. Obviously, he got hardened up, so to speak, last year at, uh, at Portsmouth under the Cowley. So he's gone out and played yeah. a bit of a bit of man's football. Played on the left a little bit, only got six goals. So I think he sees himself primarily as a striker, but two good feet. He seems to have bulked up in the summer. England caps. He's got two under. feet, is he? He's got two feet, yeah, yeah. two feet. Yeah, it's so always going to fall over. That's good. No, always a good circles. attribute for a, always a good attribute for a footballer. Um, and yeah, I think it's a really smart, decent signing that ticks a box of covering sort of wide players, either wide in the number ten role or through the middle. Yeah, and re- represented at England youth level as well. Uh, you know, the the Pompey spell. We need to kind of caveat it. Obviously, started well, really. Not- well, yeah, didn't he? you're not going but, to shine as a young, gifted, technical player in a in a Danny Cowley side, are you? An evening to Danny Cowley if he's if he's if he's what I'm sure I'm sure he's watching. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure he's there. He's yeah. doing his research. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and and I think when John Messina come in, worth a big shout out to our um, to Jacob Powell. He's been doing some research and stuff for us for um for videos that we put out on transfer targets and and we put out five striker targets and. Dane Scarlett features in that list. So there's a little bit more information in there from, from Jacob, uh, voiced by me. Don't know that put you off. But he was saying that John Messina came in and reverted to, a, I think it was maybe a 4-4-2 and shifted Scarlett out wide where maybe he didn't excel. And Colby Bishop was on a good run of form as well. So very difficult. And they had to... the Harry Kane of Joe Piggott, as he was referred to. And the Harry Kane of Joe Piggott. So all in all, a few mitigating circumstances around that loan spell. I don't think we should read too much about it. Just no. The fact that Spurs have extended his contract at the same time. I know it's protecting their investments, Seb, but they wouldn't do that unless they thought there was a good fee that potentially could come out of this as well. And I think 
Town fans need to remember this as well. Some of these loans, you know, Brandon Williams, probably more so than Amari Hutchinson, is if they do well at Ipswich and you know, we are competitive in the transfer market, which I think we typically are at these kind of ranges, then these players might end up being permanent. And we've seen that with with George Hurst, obviously. So yeah, don't read too much into the loans and the fact that these will be costing rather us than, four, I was going to say, you know, the wages, the rumored wages of Brandon Williams, and you know, Dane Scarlett's very highly rated, so he'll be on a good wedge as well. So I'd imagine there are hefty, hefty wage contributions and probably upfront monthly payments and stuff as well. So yeah, the, these are as good as transfers in some ways. I know you don't get to keep the asset at the end of the twelve months if it doesn't go or go to plan, but the outlay on these will be considerable. Yeah, uh, let's have a see what the chat has to say. Neil is he the new Troy Parr, obviously highly rated Spurs striker when he came to us, maybe didn't make a massive contribution, probably again, mitigating circumstances around that one. But yeah, played I in think the, the, maybe the, the ceiling is a bit higher for Scarlett, maybe? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, Troy Parrott was kind of very highly rated, came here, but he came off the back of a spell. Was he at Millwall, I think, in, in the championship? Hadn't done much. So, you know, Scarlett for me looks to have a higher ceiling. I think he's more of a technically gifted player and he can cover a variety of positions as well. And obviously Troy Parrott came into that really appalling Lambert slash Cook side that couldn't do anything for six months in the in the first half of 2021. So no, I, th- I think Scarlett is a, a big upgrade on Troy Parrott personally. Yeah, Rod is here saying he's uh, Tyrese John Jules plus, and I think yeah. that's a really fair comparison actually. Yeah, yeah so, so. it's a good shout. Um, David here comments by Spurs fans. Where where were these, David? We need your source. Um, see him as a, a Kane replacement in time. That's high praise. Um, well, he's been involved there. in preseason, hasn't he? So Ange Postecoglou clearly thinks something of him. So. Yeah, and um, Mullet making a fair point that Harry Kane went to a load of no-mark clubs um, on loan before he found um, the right place and and made his way in the Spurs team. So yeah, fingers crossed that that might be that might be us. Um, any other thoughts on that? Yeah, Nigel cannot be leave the negativity. He's got it great for me in McKenna. We trust and should trust quite totally right indeed. Um, oh, Jacob's with us. Hello, Jacob. Yeah, Cali played a four-four-two. Messina switched to four-three-three. With Bishop up top, so Scarlett was shifted left. There you go, Jacob. Thank you. Feel free to chip in wherever I go wrong. If you've done research in Cardiff as well, please correct us too. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, thank you, everyone, um, for the thoughts in the comments. Um, continuing bits and pieces of news. One, I, I think we might run out of time for this on the flagship, so we'll deal with this now. We need to give a huge amount of praise, continuing praise from his efforts from last season to Connor Chaplin, who was named the PFA League One Players Player of the Season. Seb um, for his 26 goals and vital contribution and um, beat off. I always hesitate on that statement um, defeated in the vote or whatever it is. Uh, Johnson, Clark Harris at Peterborough, um, Bali Mumber at Plymouth, um, David McGoldrick at uh, Derby, now Notts County, um, Aaron Collins at Bristol Rovers. And he beat Barry Bannon, Barry Bannon, Barry Bannon. But, Wednesday's Barry Bannon. Yeah, a lot of love for Chaplin, obviously, from last season. And, and worth noting as well, Morsey, Davis and Chaplin were in the PFA League One Team of the Year. Just endorsing Seb. Um, yeah, what a great season we had, which we all know. Yeah, fully deserved. I've got a couple of bugbears about it. Why is it taken three months after? The, why, why are we into nearly September and they've only just announced it now? Why did they do it yeah. during the Carling, uh, the League Carabao Cup in midweek. It seems really weird timing. I, I don't know if it's, uh, there must be a reason behind it. I don't remember it being this late normally, but yeah. D- yeah. Uh, Nuts, uh, isn't it? Because um, also stupid. you had, you had the, what was the awards that happened like two months before the season ended? Where, yeah. Whatever that the, was, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember what that was. But yeah, the timings are so strange. Also, a shout, quick shout Football out to, writers, I think, Idris El Mazzouni got in the League Two yeah, side of the year as well, didn't he? So, yeah, yeah great a great great recognition for some great individuals in an absolutely brilliant season. Good to see, but they should have been awarded it in May. And the only team to have three players in that PFA League One team as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you if you manage to see off Barry Bannon in a vote, you, you know you're doing well. And that's... <laughs> That's against 70% of the population. I don't know where I'm going. I'm trying to merge in some David Brent stuff. Give us your very quick thoughts on Reading in the Carabao Cup. Said Wolves up next, which is at home, which is good. Um, Again, against an opposition that we might fancy our chances on. Might be give us useful insights to where where we stand as well. Um, Give us your take. 
yeah, I think it's a useful exercise. I think Reading obviously made a load of changes, and there were some some kids involved. But we we did what we had to do to get across the line. It was about getting minutes in in players' legs. I guess the talking points are going to be what an assist, by the way, by Lee Evans. Lovely ball through. Oh. Ladapo's 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 goal ball. is a yeah. Ladapo's goal is a big a, a big plus. Edmondson with the mistake in the 87th minute. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the guy that scored the equaliser for Reading. But Edmondson's mistake, I guess, has been been sort of focused on heavily. And then we saw Ipswich win a penalty shootout, which is. Well, it's getting more common these, isn't it? We beat Peterborough, we beat mm. Colu, now we've beat uh, now we've beat Reading and, and Wolves in the next round. First off, it's at home, brilliant. We don't want to be, you know, travelling round in between the, the Blackburn and Huddersfield games. And I guess they'll have vastly different designs and, and priorities this season. I would expect them to make quite a few changes. That said, I think the side that they put out in their game was still over a hundred million quids worth of transfer fee players involved. So although it will be a reserve side, we've still got to remember it's a a Premier League reserve side from a pretty well-established Premier League club. So it's going to be a, a very good test. It'll be interesting if we were to continue with this policy of, you know, giving squad players and, and youngsters minutes, or if we look to bring in a couple of the more established guys against better opposition, because if we can get through, the draw will open up nicely because there were some big old juicy ties, weren't there? So there is a real chance of getting a, a, a big boy, shall we say, in the next round if we can go through. Yep, indeed. And it's minutes, as you said, you know, the, without the pizza cup, amongst others and we'll obviously see the state of the player you know the guys we've mentioned it tomorrow if, if we go live tomorrow we'll kind of do a bit of a, a summing up of the squad um, and where we stand but clearly we're expecting maybe some departures as well but those yeah. players that are on the fringes they can't find these moves because they have to rush to find a move on deadline day um <laughs> they, they, let it go they're, they're still going to be here aren't they and they're going to need minutes aren't they and yes. the, we know the reserve reserve league and the under 21s league is is not so great so um yeah, so we will see how we get on against Wolves. I'm excited for that. Um, back to Portman Road. And finally, before we start talking about Cardiff, some 15 minutes into the podcast, it's what we're here to talk about, but plenty of goings on, as you can, um, yeah, as you all know, and we're just here to give our opinion very quickly, but ITFC women are kicking off their league season at home um, on Sunday against Plymouth Argyle, who started the season with a pretty hefty 6-0 thrashing by Billericke, who town then defeated last week in the FA Women's National League Cup determining round. Um, so do join us on Sunday. We've got obviously a doubleheader um, with Cardiff game on sun- uh, Saturday and then Plymouth on Sunday. 2pm kickoff at the AGL Arena in Felixstowe. You can buy tickets. If you're listening to this before midday on Friday, you can get your tickets in advance or just pay on the turnstile. And season tickets are still available as well and very competitively priced they are too. But come and join us in the noisy section where I bang the drum um we had some new people join us last week so if you're trying to um find something to do on a sunday trip to felix though is excellent but why not improve it by coming down and supporting the tractor girls who are yeah off to a a really good start and we'll be hoping to continue that and to challenge once again for promotion honors should we talk about cardiff then should we finally get on to (laughs) to cardiff seb um uh, we always try and find a little bit of a punchline a headline to talk about these teams now um, and get everyone's kind of eye and now we're back at championship level and for Cardiff really it's it's a weird time isn't it a lot of off-field question marks um, uh, managerial changes and some really if if we're being honest um, for a a relatively recent Premier League team certainly more recently than Ipswich um, poor finishes in the championship and you know yeah close to a relegation yeah, uh, last season wasn't it? Um, and one of these clubs, maybe that your words here, circling the drain, the turd that won't flush, whatever. You want Thanks, to say. throw me under the bus for all the Cardiff fans. Um, Thanks, for hi that. Cardiff. Yeah, that. we didn't, we haven't done our weekly caveat. By the way, we are Ipswich fans. Um, we don't know your team as well as well as you. We've done lots of research. We might go wrong. The, the other caveat nice. is I did not use the word turd. So those I used were the my term words. Circling the so, drain, yeah. drain, but yeah, yeah, but. Uh, and then there's other bits that I quite like about Cardiff. And then there's some, the, the kind of the prodigal son returns in terms of, you know, a, a marquee signing, shall we say, yep. in the summer. Talk to us about last season. Remind us where Cardiff ended last season. Well, they narrowly avoided relegation. They finished 24 uh, space number 21 with 49 points they end up avoiding relegation by by five points they lost 23 games last season so they lost half the games they played and that was the worst in the league they only scored 41 goals so less than a goal per game which was the second worst in the league the defense was was reasonable was better not great but better they had the best defense in the in the bottom eight but it was very much a season of yeah just circling the drain doing what you can to get over the over the line and then for the third week running after QPR two weeks ago and Leeds last week I left the managerial headline the same because we've come across another one of these clubs 
that have had four managers in a season, which just seems crazy. But as the great Harry from Bar said, you know, owners relegate clubs. They have these these kind of clubs tend to have massive managerial upheaval, and that's exactly what we saw last season with Cardiff. They uh, they started with Steve Morrison, who was there until September. He loses five out of the first ten games, and he gets moved on. Mark Hudson comes in and takes over, starts pretty well, seven points from the first three games, but they just go on an awful run. He's fired in December, in January after a spell of no wins in eight league games. Dean Whitehead comes in as a caretaker for a couple of games and loses them both, and then Sabri Lamucci ends up rocking up there on a short-term six-month contract until the summer, obviously known for his, his time at Forest, where he kind of did okay and completely imploded on the last day of the season when they lost, was it 5-0, 5-1 to Stoke and Swansea won 5-0, which allowed them to leapfrog them into sixth place. He went in, kept them up. He won six out of his 18 games. He gets them across the line. I guess they were kind of expecting him to stay on maybe and, and, and look to build, but he's he kind of leaves pretty quickly after the, the season ends. And it's just another example of, the madness that is the championship where yeah clubs can have four managers in a nine month period do just about to scrap over the line and then it all starts again for them in preseason it's, it's it really is a crazy league isn't it to have the same thing three months uh, three weeks on the bounce with QPR Leeds and now Cardiff shows what a basket case some of these some of these clubs can be in the in the league and a bit surprising as to how they stayed there frankly because our I know that we had our deterioration shall we say in mix last season and then what i have other people might disagree a kind of necessary passing of the ways there and obviously marcus evans mays makes a catalog of you know regrettable decisions doesn't he after that situation but we kind of went from lower mid table on the mick going straight down cardiff Birmingham City, you know, there's other teams who have, who, who just are fortunate that there are three other teams in the championship who are more dysfunctional or, yeah. yeah. And and it seems a weird situation, isn't it? The championship kind of allows some of these teams who maybe in other leagues would have kind of been relegated. And, and, and it might be in their interest to do that. I know we always kind of say, oh, you bounce back stronger. And some teams, you know, look at Bradford, et cetera, Portsmouth as well. You might not come back, but... Sometimes you, you need a bit of a reset, don't you? But yeah, the championship does give teams stages of execution. And owners panic, don't they? As we can see with the, you know, leads with four managers last year to start trying to stay in the Prem. QPR last uh, two two weeks ago trying to stay in the, the championship. Owners will panic because they are terrified of that drop in revenue. I think it costs you, what, 10, 11 million quid if you get relegated, which, you know, if you're already pumping in millions a year just to keep the club kind of ticking over, then that, that must feel like a nightmare scenario too. So owners will panic and they will kind of throw crazy rolls of the dice like we discussed last week with Leeds bringing in Big Sam for four games, which is absolutely yeah. pointless, to try and get something to try and keep them above water and, and keep that revenue coming in. Yeah. As Rodder says, really don't know what to make of Cardiff. Yeah, we'll talk more about them shortly. Um, feels like we should win, but um, a team that can turn up and play out of their skin. And yeah, we'll talk about recent results, a bit, bit up and down, but um, maybe not as started as badly as you know similar to qpr i guess we maybe expected a lot worse and they've got some results and some good performances maybe haven't um turned up in points that they would hope for those performances um kev has got a very specific request can we beat cardiff because every time i drive there i get bashed the team got bashed so please can we give them a bashing for once hashtag bash um we'll do our best uh kev for that one do um the owner is still around maybe a, a bit surprised by folks that Vincent Santana is still the owner after all the situations there. Just give us a potted history of him and some of the stuff that folk might recall. Yeah, been there since 2010, pumped in an estimated 200 million quid into the coffers to kind of keep the club going and keep it fun. He's, he's a controversial figure. I'm sure we all remember the the kit change back in 2012. See Cardiff predominantly playing blue and he had this crazy idea. Well, he, he, he implemented it where he made them play in red for, I think it was three seasons because red in the Far East where he, where he comes from is, is for luck and prosperity and good fortune. He also amended the badge as well to make the Welsh Dragon very prominent and shrunk the Bluebird right down and moved it down the badge to try and Kind of because I presume dragons are, are, are lucky as well over there. And obviously, the Welsh dragon being the, uh, a key symbol of Wales. So yeah, he, he's not without his his controversy. That said, he's overseen two promotions to the Premier League. They went up in 2013 and in 2018. They won the league one of the years and finished runners up the second time round. But both times they do come straight back down again. And I guess it's just a, a story of a club that kind of you know 
a bit like we said with Marcus Evans, you know, he's funded it to get them up. They don't make it. They get relegated. And then, you know, some some questionable big money signings that don't work out. And pretty soon the drawbridge starts to get pulled up with the funding because, you know, the the, the losses they've incurred, their latest set of accounts, they, the, the debt to TAN was 125 million odd quid. I think they lost 30 million pounds in the last set of accounts. So very much like Evans, he is simply pumping the money in to keep them ticking over. He has some other interests in football ownership elsewhere. He owns a bit of Los Angeles FC, FK Sarajevo and K. Courtage, so he's got some other kind of vested interest in football clubs, but he's best known for his kind of controversial time there. That said, under his watch, they have delivered two promotions to the Premier League. Yeah, maybe maybe stretching himself a little bit thin in respect to the ownership of others, but obviously those those won't be majority stakes, perhaps. I don't, I don't know some of the details no, there, but it does feel like, um, yeah, you, you've kind of mentioned the similarities to Marcus Evans, and it maybe just feel like the, the, the budgets just aren't there to to sustain those challenges. And we know what happens yeah. when the budget starts to, to drop, don't we? Let's talk about state of play, where things stand. I kind of said that maybe things aren't as going as, as bad as some pundits preseason had expected, but they are 17th, aren't they, and only one win so far. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're doing the, the fan base is pretty happy with how they're going. I mean, they're 17th in the league. They've won once, which was last weekend out against Sheffield Wednesday uh, with a very late winner. I think it was 98th, 99th minute winner. They've had a draw against Leeds on the opening day, 2-0 up in that game. Obviously, we saw Leeds tear us to pieces last weekend down the flanks. So that's not a, a result to be sniffed at, I don't think. And they've had the two defeats. The surprise one, obviously, is QPR. It came in game week two after QPR got absolutely thumped by Watford on the opening day. And that was one where we kind of sat up a little bit and thought, oh, my, that's a bit of a, a bit of a coupon buster. And Leicester, I mean, if you played Leeds and Leicester in your first four games, then to be fair, you're going to maybe struggle a little bit. I think the fans are pretty pretty happy with what they're seeing. It's a transition year for them. They're trying to kind of move away from the old Cardiff sort of long ball and move towards a shorter passing game. Six goals have been scored, seven goals conceded, but they do love a bit of late drama. They've had goals after the 90-minute mark in three of the four games so far. There was the the very late Leeds equaliser to make it 2-2. The, uh, the Leicester winner by the chap on loan from Chelsea, whose name I can't top of your head and obviously the late winner for themselves last week the penalty that Ryan Wintle took against uh, against Sheffield Wednesday so it's gonna not might not be a game to duck out of at 85 minutes EK Ugbo is the name Baller. You're for. and we'll talk more about him in a second um, yeah. new feature on the podcast everyone can get involved including Seb I have found a moment of ITFC history against Cardiff from years gone by um, I will play you the commentary from said moment um, it will give away what the moment is, but I want to know what season it was, what the score in the game was, and any other significance that you can remember. Um, so let's press the right button and see what we've got. And apologies if it's loud. I haven't checked the levels. Here's Magilton. Cucci decided to go for the driller. Oh, he's lost it to Richards. And Chefki Cucci's going to have another go. Oh! Finish! Chefki Kikuchi shows the way! So we'll come back later on and I will, I'll actually show you the goal. Oh, do I get to do it now? Oh, okay. well, we'll, we'll let everyone have a chance to frighten the think walk. Uh, there you go, I haven't seen I know that for it. a while. Knowledge. And yeah, there's, there's an interesting um, ICFC Cardiff connection as well in the teams as well. But yeah, what season, what was the result? Um, yeah, and any other interesting facts. But we'll come back to that. Let's talk about our general record against... Cardiff said the history and yeah you've got the last time we played them and you've written here I have no recollection of this game I have no recollection of this game either so in my defense can... I was I was drinking in Central Park I was in New York and I was I was fairly well drunk in Central Park that's why I can't remember it to be honest yeah but I can't I, I'm certain I wasn't doing that and I can't remember it either so tell everyone about it and see if uh, that wasn't going to make my video <laughs> but yeah if anyone can remember um February 2018 was it yeah, it's just after the one-all defeat at Carra Road. It was the Tuesday night, or the Wednesday after the the Sunday game that would have been against Norwich and the one-all defeat where we conceded in the last minute. We all know what happened there. Um, yeah, I've, I've got absolutely no recollection. I'm not going to lie. It's towards the end of Mick's tenure. I guess Mick goes, what, a month later? So it's just kind of us, you know, getting turned over at Portman Road. I think we lost a Hull 3-0 in the same kind of time oh. period. We started with the front two of Selena and Sears. Mick said afterwards he was delighted with the performance. He couldn't have asked of any more from the lads. Um, but yeah, we, we lost 1-0 and that's on their way to, to getting promoted to the Premier League. So I have absolutely nothing further to say on that because I can't remember it in the slightest. I think no. games at that part of the, the season and that part of Mick's tenure towards the end, they, they kind of blur into one for me. I'm not going to lie. 
yeah you've kind of put them in the back of your mind to make space for, a, yeah. for new things haven't you so yeah if you can enlighten us on that game if you can remember anything about it let us know in the chats um, we're struggling there overall record though seb is is marginally in our favor though isn't it yeah, we've got a slight advantage. 21 wins, 14 draws, and 16 Cardiff wins. So we do have a slight advantage over them. There you go. Let's talk about recent results then. We mentioned a few of them there, but a victory, um, a goal for Sheffield Wednesday's Barry Bannon in this one, which was pretty decent, <laughs> wasn't it? But it didn't matter because... Yeah, no, it's a 2-1 victory at home over Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, E.K. Ugbo, uh, who they've signed on loan from from Troy's, he's kind of doing the business for them in the opening games of the season. And then a 98th-minute penalty from defender slash midfielder Ryan Wintle. 59% possession, 12 shots, four on target. We know Wednesday have started absolutely appallingly. Join us in a couple of weeks' time when we discuss how they're getting on. Their season is not going to plan at all. And it's a big win for them. You know, it's a, it's a, a, a decent result. Like I said, they've already played Leeds and Leicester in the first four games of the season. So I guess they They'll be looking at that one in QPR and thinking that's a chance to pick up points. QPR didn't go to plan, but they'll be pleased with themselves picking up a, their first victory of the season. And then continued it um, in the Carabao Cup. Yeah, they won 3 1, didn't they, in, the, in, in midweek? So a raft of changes. I think there were 10 changes by. They played Birmingham. There were 10 changes by Cardiff, and there were six changes for Birmingham, but they end up with a, a 3 1 victory. Birmingham were reduced down to 10 men. Jukowicz got sent off about 10 minutes or so into the into the second half, but they, they played well, bossed the game. Young prospect Ruben Colwell, who's been called up to the Wales under 21 squad, got a goal and an assist. So, you know, that's two wins on the bounce, a little bit of momentum for them. Birmingham, we know, have started the season really well. Okay, there were a lot of changes from the Birmingham side but I know down to 10 men but it's still two victories on the bounce and looking to come to Portman Road with a little bit of kind of you know optimism in their in their sales um, and maybe a little bit of um, punchiness Gary's recalled this great moment when Sol Bamba lost it with Neil Warnock being was sub, that, wasn't he? was that the Cole Scoose goal game it might have been yeah, yeah. I'm guessing 15 well 16 17 would probably be no, my guess. 14 15 was it the Cole, the Cole Scoose goal was 14 15 yeah it was a uh, 3-1 and obviously this was a Tuesday from... night wasn't it I yeah it was it? Tuesday night yeah, yeah it was okay. There you go. So, a bit more detail if you can, uh, yeah, confirm whether Sub's got that right or not. I don't know. Did he get subbed and he completely lost it on the yeah, touch did. one, didn't he? I think, yeah, he just yeah, his he head did. went, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, let's talk about key personnel. We've we've talked about the managerial situation. Um, Errol Balut is not a name that I'm particularly familiar with, Seb. Done pretty well, I think, in his native... I think he's Turkish, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, the, in the Turkish league. But, you know, one of these kind of punt maybe from Vincent Tan perhaps I don't know if I'm being harsh I mean he's got pedigree obviously but not particularly known in the English game is he no, no, he's, he's, he's an unknown over here. He's, he's managed over 200 games in the Turkish Super League, including a spell at Fenerbahce. So, you know, he's, he's, he's no mug. Uh, he got some success at Yeni, right, Mathlin Spore and Atlanta Spore. He got them both into the Europa League qualifying positions. Okay. He played a, a, a playing career, Heinrich Frankfurt, Fenerbahce, Olympiakos. So, yeah, done, done some decent, some decent work out in Turkey. And obviously now he's, uh, 
but he's an unknown to us. We, we did the one to 24 show with Gab Sutton in the summer and we both put Cardiff in our bottom three. And a, a big reason for that for me was that the manager was a complete unknown coming into English football. Eintracht van Frankfurt. Just what to... did I say? Einrich, I think. Possibly, I'm not sure. Nice. German Doesn't name. Doesn't matter. Oh, there you go. Hello, German, uh, German listeners. Uh, in terms of more personnel, we, we meant, I've alluded to um, the prodigal son. Do you want to talk? I mean, two pretty marquee signings, I'd argue, that um, one's a free and one's a loan. Talk to us uh, about yeah, the, Aaron Ramsey yeah. is the headline, isn't it? You know, he's come back to the, the boyhood club. I didn't realise how little he actually played. He was only there for two or three years before Arsenal kind of snapped him up. And he's had this spell at Arsenal for so many years. Horrific leg break. He went back on Cardiff on loan. Then he moves to Juventus, goes to Rangers on loan and misses a penalty in the Europa League final, if I remember rightly. And then a spell at Nice last season. Then he's he's, he's come home and he's he's being managed. He's playing as the number 10 in a 4-2-3-1. His game time is being, is being managed. He, he doesn't make the nine minutes mark I think they're kind of looking to ease him in and make sure they get the most out of him if you've seen his goal against Leicester two weeks ago he's still Whoa. got a cracking strike on him if uh, if required so yeah he's obviously a top top class player he's probably too good for the championship let's be honest but you know he's gone back to the club that he he started with the club he's got very affection for a bit like when Theo Walker went back to Southampton you know it's nice to see sometimes these players go out and play at the top level and earn their millions and they they come back for a final spell before they before they sort of retire but he's, he's not as old as I thought he was I think he's only 32 I sort of thought he was 35 36 so if they can manage his game time he'll be an incredibly useful asset for the rest of the season and potentially moving forward yeah and Carlin Grant as well yeah, yeah, a, a sort of winger slash striker who's coming on loan from West Brom. He got a big money move to Huddersfield, 15 million quid uh, from Huddersfield to West Brom in 2020. Didn't really work out for him last season. Only three goals in 31 appearances for West Brom. He did okay the first season he joined, but struggled last year. And he's been brought in to kind of score the goals and provide the the kind of direct, pacey, powerful threat on the wings. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've, they've signed a few strikers. You've got Yaku Mate signed from... Reading, someone we know. I think he scored in that 2 2 draw in the under Lambert. Yeah. Um, I've mentioned EK Ugbo as well, who's, I think, their top scorer. Um, yeah, he's got three in, three in the first four games, full Canadian international, went to the World Cup last year. Seems to be very much, I think, all his goals have come from within the six yard area. He kind of comes alive when the ball is in the six yard box. He's on loan from Troy's. Uh, Pacey, bit of a poacher, came through at Chelsea. So I think he's a pretty decent signing for them. I also like Josh Bowler. They've signed from Forrest, who's a winger. He won't play on the weekend. He's injured on the weekend. Uh, but he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a winger who can cover both left and right side. He was at Blackpool last year. He's another sensible signing. Runar Runason, a goalkeeper, has come in on loan from, from Arsenal. And the manager did a plea in midweek saying they were desperate for, for centre-backs. He's gone back and signed a, a centre-back and a central defensive midfielder from the Turkish Super League. He was saying in the uh, after after the midweek game where they played two players out. They had no centre-backs. They played two players yeah. out of position against Birmingham. Harry and G, the right back was at centre-back, wasn't he? I know yeah, that. He, he was saying, you know, please give me a centre-half. And they've been linked tonight. You found it. They've been linked with um, the Forest guy whose name escapes me. Who was it you sent me? Shane here, um, kind of very close to Thank saying John Panzo Panzo. and Kiefer Moore. I, I, I think Panzo is also wanted by Swansea. I think that's a bit further, unless Shane, you're in the know and I'm, I'm, that would, I'm not. That would be spicy on the Welsh derby be, day, depending yeah, on what side he chooses. I'd, I'd be a, yeah, I, I, I wonder whether he might favour Swansea under Duff, but Maybe. Um, Kiefer Moore has been linked throughout, hasn't he? That would be a good signing for them, but I thought it would be, Bournemouth yeah. had, I'm going to do a Sebism, I thought Bournemouth had come out and said, that he wasn't going to go anywhere, but um, no, apparently you shame can't leave. More than we do. Apparently, you can leave. Cardiff have got an embargo until January. They can't pay any fees for a player. It's all frees and loans until January. It was till the summer, but it got reduced by one window. So they, they can't make any signings for money, but Bournemouth still owe them on some of the transfer fee installments for Kiefer Moore. So I think there's a suggestion they could do a bit of a deal with the remaining payments and looks taken for the season. Yep. And I mean, in, in terms of exits, nothing, nothing really worth reporting here. Some names, you know, Connor Wickham nah. left, didn't he? Had his yeah, little got spell released. there. Yeah, um, but otherwise, yeah, nothing really. It's squad players surprising. out. Max Waters' defender went to uh, to Barnsley. Ryan also went to Hull, goalkeeper this week. Uh, and Romani Sawyer's, who was at one time a, a three million pound player, I think, when he went to West Brom from Brentford, he's been told he can leave. He, he barely features as well. And and there was one today that on Thursday when we record, Jack Simpson has left. Um, and there was a 16-word statement put on the website to announce that we can confirm that Jack Simpson has today left Cardiff City Football Club by mutual consent. Uh, that's it. Um, that's it. Yeah, 
Almost um, as uh, as heartfelt as the Romelu Lukaku one that was announced by <laughs> Chelsea earlier. Yeah, he missed midweek. Bulo came out after the game and said that he'd uh, he was unavailable due to illness, and then suddenly he's been mutually consent FC'd on <laughs> on the thir- on the Thursday evening. So mutually read into consented. that what you will. Yeah. Can you give us any kind of insights tactically on, on how Cardiff might set up? It looks like it's a four at the back, isn't it? Um, yep. So, but yeah, a little bit of. I was going to ask you about Mark McGuinness. He's still there, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah, it's a four-two-three-one. They'll play with Aaron Ramsey as the number ten. McGuinness, we know from the loan spell in 2020, 2021 is the sort of is their powerful. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it was. The, it was the behind closed door season, wasn't it? Was it? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Lambert's yeah, the the, the half Lambert, half Cook kind of season. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's still there. Signed a new four-year deal quite recently. I think it might be in the last couple of weeks or so. He'll be the centre half, as we remember. He's a big guy, you know, big, powerful, strong. Yeah, decently. Well, he went on to Sheffield Wednesday on loan last season mm. for the first half, didn't he? And I guess they kind of thought he was going to move on. But given the managerial upheavals, he came back in. And I guess Lamucci must have liked what he saw. And he kind of reintegrated his way back into the side. But he'll be one of the centre-halves. And then, yeah, E.K. Ugbo's the man in form up front. Ramsey's the number 10, like we said. Left wing will be interesting. Callum O'Dowd has started well. He's got two assists in the first four games. But he's injured, according to the pre-match presser. So we might see Callum Robinson maybe come in. One-time £8 million player. I've done a lot yeah. today recalling old transfer fees once i'm eight million pound player from preston to sheffield united a few years ago or callan grant could pop out to the uh, the left hand side and they've got a couple of exciting young prospects as well we've got reuben Caldwell, we spoke about earlier who scored and assisted in the cup game and got a welsh under 21 call up and they've also got ollie tanner who is a center forward as well who could feature from the bench there you go um any stats that you want to call out um to maybe give us a sense of what we might be expecting well, they're trying to move away from the old style sort of Cardiff long ball to a more shorter passing side. The, the possession is pretty low. 31% possession is the third lowest, but they have played lead. The, the caveat needs to be they've played Leeds and, and Leicester in this kind of, in, in these, um, uh, these statistics. They've conceded three goals from set pieces away from home, which is the worst in the league. So fill your boots, Leif Davis. Cameron Burgess, Luke Wolfenden got on the edge of things. A set piece could well be a, uh, a way to get a breakthrough. They're poor in the air. 11 aerial duels. One is the third lowest, which again explains why they're not great at defending set pieces. They don't shoot that much. Nine shots per game is the fourth worst. They're not fouling enough. Eight fouls per <laughs> game is the third lowest. Maybe there's a bit of an element of not being overly streetwise. Fouling Maybe Bullock needs to kind of up his kind of championship S housery to try and have some of those tactical fouls bring into the game. They uh, 23 clearances per game is the second and highest and as we said earlier they do love a late goal three goals after the 90 minutes and they've also conceded two goals in the 10 minutes before half time so they are vulnerable in the run up to half time and the run up to 90 minutes there you go worth looking out for that then thank you seb we will um do predictions shortly but let's go back to our cardiff ipswich history quiz we've only got one person in the comments who's bothered to indulge me if we don't oh, i know what it is we won't continue it was it too easy i thought i'd start it easy because yeah. can i reveal what it is well, i think let it's... me show the goal first let's do it in okay it. here's Matilton. coochie decided to go for the driller oh, he's lost it to richards and chefki coochie's gonna have another go oh! shows the way. If you're watching that back on YouTube later on and there's no footage there, um, the YouTube police will have struck. But hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we've got through that one because it was over 20 years ago, I think. Uh, Seb, enlighten us. I think it's the last day of the 2003-04 season. We drew 1-1 and we ended up getting in the playoffs where obviously we lost to West Ham. Did we finish fifth, I think, that season? That's what I think it's from. Correct, yeah. So May uh, Sunday, 9th of May, 2004. Do I get an extra point on the predictions for that? You do not. Um, Why? And Rubbish. Because it's an entirely different um, Rubbish. feature. Uh, Rubbish. Yeah, Coochie, 26th minute, Bullock for them, 41st. Um, there were three uh, ex-Ipswich or two beat Ipswich players in the Cardiff team. Care to have a guess who they were? To beat Ipswich players? Well, two, one was to be. Chopra? Nope. Not in 2004. He would probably still be at Newcastle at that point if yeah, he was right. come through. Jason DeVos? No, he wasn't at Cardiff, was he? Wigan. DeVos? Yeah, he wasn't at Cardiff. Oh, he was at Wigan, wasn't he? Oh, Alan Lee. Okay. Alan I, Lee was yeah, leading Lee. the line. Yeah. Um, right. Gary Croft was playing for Cardiff. I don't remember that move. <laughs> yeah, we, it, it's where he went after he, he left us. 
And Neil Alexander was on the bench. He would oh, okay. later on play in goal for us for half a season. Yeah, Town finished fifth. That point secured a playoff spot. We would have finished sixth and played Sunderland in the playoffs rather than West Ham had we scored one less goal. Um, <laughs> in the end, Crystal Palace ended up playing Sunderland and they went up. That was the Ian Dowie season, said where he had his amazing right, okay. second yeah. half run. So yeah. there you go. Um, if you like that feature or not, um, let us know. We might come back and we'll do that again. Um, in terms of bits and pieces of information before we start talking about Ipswich, as always, we're brought to you in partnership with the Greyhound. There is no better place to head to, uh, before the game than the Greyhound. Do um, have a foundation burger in support of the ITFC Foundation. You can enjoy the outdoors facilities, the outdoor bar, etc. And um, uh, go and have a chat with any Blue Monday people that you see hanging around, milling around there. Merch I'll get there at 10.45 in the morning. Yeah, yeah. If you want to get a table, that's that's yeah. Get your camp out overnight. Um, yeah. is, is the advice on Funeral Road merch store. We've got a promo in a couple of weeks, so if you want to get some Blue Money merch, maybe wait a couple of weeks. But all the cool stuff that we keep talking about, the Telegram group, which will be open for match day discussion on Saturday morning after it's been used for transfer chat on Friday, <laughs> depending on what when you're watching that. There's a link there on Blue Monday ITFC.co.uk. Get involved. We do love the Telegram chat. Really, um, really great stuff. And the match day chat, if you're not able to get to the game, is probably the next best thing, I'd argue. So yeah, Blue Monday, UK. Two-week free trial of Telegram as well on us. And then a subscription after that. And as always, the flagship show will be back on Sunday night. Ben back in the host chair with Dave and Joe talking about Cardiff after the fact. So do join them. And as always, please give us a thumbs up. Please subscribe on YouTube. We're here ahead of every ITFC game as well and uh, on afterwards as well. International break coming up, so we'll have to figure out what we're going to do. Obviously, we won't be here next week, but I'm sure we'll have some good content for you in absence of actual football to talk about. And if you're listening on the podcast app of choice, give us a review. We do appreciate those too. Any, anything else to add there, Seb, before we talk about us and what you might expect from our lineup. I think no, you've done an excellent job. Just to just to plug Telegram mm. as well. You said if you're away from home, the match day chat is brilliant. If like me, you live further afield, then the match day chat is superb because you get so many different points of view from the ground. It paints a really really good picture. So I can't go to all the games. I live up in Chester, so I I, I kind of get to one maybe two a a, a month at Portman Road, and that match day chat helps me because I I can see. You know, people are giving opinions all around the ground. They're seeing all different things, and it really does paint an absolutely excellent picture of what's going on. So highly recommended for those of you like me who live a bit further afield but want to feel involved on a match day. Yep, yep, good stuff. And, yeah, plug there for the Greyhound as well, David. Quite agree. A lot of really great chat tonight, which I'm doing my best. It's like Telegram, Seb. There is all kinds of stuff. The rules discussed. make everyone have fun. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I see chat about um, stuff. Um, please be respectful and yeah. please be um please don't make accusations etc let's yeah. be um let's be careful um questions about uh, stuff about gary croft in there said oh what and stuff about third kits as well jason i see that as well we're not going to go anything controversial um but we would we do want to hear from you get your thoughts in on how it's which might line up do you expect dane scarlet to start any questions as well stick a cue at the start we'll come to those as well and we also will get to predictions too so um, let's talk about us. Uh, easy question to start with. Is it easy though? Dane Scarlett, does he start yes or no? No, I don't think so. I'd, I'd expect him to be on, on the bench. I guess if Hurst is fit, I presume he comes straight back in. If he doesn't, then Jackson, well, I thought was really, really good against Leeds, made some excellent runs. His decision-making has got so good since McKenna started coaching him. So I'd have no issue if he has to start in the, the number nine role. And I guess like we saw with Williams and, and Hutchison, Scarlett will kind of appear from the, the bench as and when needed. And I guess we there's big question marks over the right back slot, isn't there? Yeah, it's a uh, it's not settled down at all, has it? So we assume Danassian's still out. Obviously, Williams played in midweek, scored the own goal, but then grew into the game. Uh, by all accounts, you know, I've I've seen some things on social media and stuff. People are almost writing him off already, but you know, Jesus, he's he's come through the Man United Academy. He's played nearly fifty games in the Premier League. He will be absolutely fine. He just has barely played any football. I know he went on the preseason tour for the States for the United, but I think his last competitive game was last December in the League Cup. So we're gonna have to be a little bit patient with him. You know, it's it's again it's a player McKenna's worked with, so he's a player he knows very well, like Dane Scarlett, and I think he'll be an absolutely excellent signing for us. I presume Clark will come in and start the game. I'd be surprised if Clark can make the ninety minutes given his lack of kind of preseason involvement and the fact he's missed a few games. So I would expect a switch at 65, 70 minutes, a bit like we saw against Leeds with Williams coming onto that right back position. Just need to make sure that we've 
avoid any kind of counterattack situations so that yeah. it's, it's a real baptism of fire for him wasn't it? i felt really sorry for him and <clears throat> i did yeah because he's not up to match sharpness and to come on against that front i mean sinistera was absolutely superb on the day wasn't he and a lot of people saying you know that's not the best way to, to mark georgia's town debut but give the kid a break you know he's been <laughs> down here for four i remember leaf davis giving a penalty away well, against. here uh, we go know, three yeah, comments in a row neil yeah. leaf was Awful, probably a bit harsh, but yeah, he was struggling to get up to speed, wasn't he? Yeah, Michael, he remember how bad Leaf was? Go on, exactly. you guys are really <laughs> giving the feedback. Um, and, Thank uh, you. Sensible, sensible people in the chat. Bolton. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, sensible people in the chat saying sensible things. Yeah. Well, Look, Davis had a Davis had a, a shocker at the first. He gave away the penalty against shocker. Bolton, but then ended up being absolutely superb. So you know, people writing Williams off are just you know silly. <laughs> Quote. <laughs> uh, Charlie uh, Taylor may star? Question mark. Yeah, potentially, obviously. You know, he did well again in midweek and Luongo was quite quiet against um, uh, against against Leeds. I thought him and Morsey kind of struggled to to kind of influence the central midfield. Didn't help by the fact they were both both running on bookings sort of halfway through the, the second half. I guess he's, he's pushing to get in there. It'd be interesting where he does feature when he does come on because he plays more as a 10 in the cup games, doesn't he? It was Humphreys and Evans in, in kind of central midfield and Taylor further forward. You assume Chaplin, although he didn't have his best game against Leeds, he still scored. He tends to score in purple patches as well. So you assume Taylor might have to be patient a little bit longer um, but I don't think it'll be too long until we do see him get into that that starting lineup. I just think it'll be interesting where he kind of slots in yeah yeah we'll, we shall see I'd, I'd be surprised if, I'd be surprised if he starts put it that way but there may be injuries that we are unaware of as well but he's, he's getting there the minutes are are racking up aren't they um, are you happy with um, Jackson up front if Hurst doesn't make it yep yep um, and to that point uh, JG um, question is Ladapo now fourth choice um, well, I guess, you know, he's, he's, he's more physical than, than Jackson. It looks like Scarlett's kind of bulked up a little bit. There'll always be a role for, for Ladapo in the squad because he, you know, he, he, he can be strong and, you know, he, he's kind of the most similar, I would suggest, having not seen Scarlett yet in terms of his, his hold-up play, I would suggest that was probably the most, the most similar to Hurst, but potentially now, yeah, I mean, you're not bringing in a kid from Spurs not to, not to play. And we know McKenna really likes Caden Jackson and tends to drop him in as and when he needs to based on tactical decisions. And he trusts him in big games as well. And Hurst is your, your big money signing in the summer. So yeah, I think Freddie probably is fourth choice now. I hope he sticks around though. I'd be disappointed if Freddie goes out the, the wind, uh, goes out the, the club tomorrow. Ian, come back and find out whether that happens with uh, Joe and Craig tomorrow. Talking of Craig, David here. Still no Craig this week, Rich. Teeth or hair? Yeah, he's coming he back. He has to settle down, trip. I think, before he comes back on camera, doesn't it? There's the like swelling's a... got to go down. And yes, it, yeah. Just a, Band- just a, the bandages come off. Yeah, yeah. And then... And, and, and then... Just a recommendation, turn down the contrast as well on your device and maybe yeah. the brightness as well. He doesn't need a teeth. lamp anymore. It's going to be... Yeah, yeah. If you, have you seen when Firmino had them done? <laughs> they were quite... They were almost blue, weren't they? So that's just something to look out for there. But yeah, it'll be looking... I was going to say you'll be looking a million Splendid. dollars. You'll be looking like you'll looking. You'll be looking five hundred pounds or whatever the exchange rate is for the five hundred yeah, yeah. quid. You're optimistic. Well, he's had he's had double bubble, hasn't he? So don't oh, of course, that. yeah. Sorry, I um, that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, should we do some predictions? Get your predictions in for Ipswich Cardiff now. Um, we will see you on the other side of these 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 titles. do love that little bit of editors um shout out to ed from editors and the band editors and their management for continuing to let us to use a ton of love if you've always wondered what the song is um a ton of love by editors is a link in the youtube comments as well i'm a big fan of that song and it's a great driving song as well air drumming to that bad boy let's have a look what happened last week shall we boom back at it but seb still leading the way um at the well on points and points per game but rounds it's two one to me so catching you back that t-shirt design keep that on hold <laughs> fighting talk uh let's see what's going on this week i've forgotten to highlight the ipswich fixture in blue for those of you watching um, professionalism is so yeah a bit of a rush there but it's a lot of what's in the comments why are there, Seb, you asked the question about the kickoff times gone. Yeah, I was preparing my predictions. There's three 12.30 games on Saturday, and I've got no idea why. There's Birmingham, Millwall, Sunderland, Southampton, and Swansea against Bristol City. They're all 12.30 kickoffs, and I've got absolutely no idea why. Any any ideas? Is any, if anybody knows, please put a comment in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the chat. There is a Premier League game, so it's not for a lack of... A lack of options. One of them must be on Sky. I presume Sunderland, Southampton Sunderland. might be on Sky, maybe. But I, so. I don't know why there's three. I, I, don't, I don't understand. Maybe there's a big event in the country that I'm unaware of. Does it make you really angry? 
Not really, no. Okay, fine. Well, I was trying to wind you up. Never Not mind. as angry as the PFA announcements. Oh, <laughs> transfer deadline day. Oh, let's bring back Football Room 101. Um, let's have a look at the games then. I'm, I'm looking through these, Seb, and again, uh, the only one that really jumps out as being an exciting potential matchup is Leeds versus Sheffield Wednesday, purely because you've got Yorkshire. Seemingly, well, Yorkshire, and you've got seemingly upwardly mobile Leeds who've signed Jed Spence since. Mental, isn't it mental? Different I don't think they've tool. sold any of that front four either. No. And Sheffield Wednesday, obviously, in a bit of trouble. Yeah. But knowing football, they'll one, Sheffield one Wednesday will bloody Sheffield win, Wednesday. won't they? Yeah, yeah. one nil to Sheffield Wednesday. And we'll be sat here in two weeks' time discussing Sheffield Wednesday on the back of their victory at Elland Road. But neither of us expected that. We're expecting no, I don't, I don't expect that. I mean, that they can, they'll concede goals, I think. I think you're optimistic having a clean sheet there for Leeds, given how poor some of their defending was. But that front four were immense. And if they all stick around, I haven't seen any links with them moving on. So if they do all kind of stick around, then obviously I, I, I think Wednesday could be in for a very difficult day. And then it's an international break. So, you know, what's Chan Siri going to do? Would, would he fire the guy after five games? I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't put it past him, put it that way. Yeah, well, yeah. Watch that space. Worth noting, the Leeds lost to Salford midweek in the cup, though, with a few of those first team players in the team, including Nonto as well. So maybe Leeds not quite firing on all cylinders just yet. Any other games there? You mentioned Sunderland and Southampton. Leicester um, Hull, I think, is an interesting one. We've yeah. both gone for Leicester victories. They started the season, started the season well, but as have as have Hull. Middlesbrough, we've all gone for them, kind of getting their season up and running against QPR at the Riverside. They've not got going at all, Borough, have they? So it's a, a fairly straightforward one in theory. And then Norwich, annoyingly, against Rotherham. Um, Rotherham got absolutely stuffed in the week by Stoke, didn't they, in the, in the League Cup? We've all kind of predicted through gritted teeth. We've all backed Norwich in that one as well, haven't we? Including Jules, who I who shout out in the in the chat, Jules there. In terms of us then, we're all predicting, um, no surprises, a home win. But it's a really difficult one to call. I've gone for the 1-0. Um, yep. But yeah, you're going for a 2-0. You're a bit more confident. Yeah, again, like you say, it's a difficult one to call because we don't know that much about their manager and therefore how they're going to kind of, you know, line up and, and go for it. They can see goals, they score goals. They've always got someone like Ramsey in their locker or Callum Grant who can produce a, a little bit of magic. They've got a striker in form. So I don't think it'll be that straightforward, but I do expect a, maybe not a comfortable victory, maybe like a 1-0 to like the last 10 minutes and then a bit like Stoke, you know, chance after chance and maybe the icing on the cake later on in the game. But I am confident. I, I think we'll win this one. Yeah. And okay. that's a great test, isn't it? To bounce back after, I know we played Reading and won on penalties in the week, but to bounce back after that Leeds performance will be really, really crucial. You know, if we can do that, then, you know, if we sit here and say going into the first international break, you've picked up 12 points after five games, we would have all absolutely snapped your hand off. Yeah, I agree with that. Yep, spot on. Let's see what the chat have got to say with the scores. Uh, Philip was going for a 3-1. Another 3-1 from Michael, 2-0. HCH going with a 2-1. Um, Charlie going for a 2-0. Eric's going one all. Eric's always a little bit more on the fence, isn't he? I remember last from last season, Matt's going for a comfortable 3-0. Uh, Gary's going 2-0. Mullet, here we go. 5-1, Seb. Well, you don't get the hat-trick score anymore this season. Last year, it was always Ladapo hat-trick. So I think he needs to up his game there and start including player scorers. Show us the work in. Uh, Neil's going for a 2-1. Um, we've got the universe doesn't care. 3-0. Um, yeah, love it. Um, some Yeah, some confidence there. Um, Colin's going for a 2-1. I think I think it'll be, it'll be tight. Um, but I think home advantage going to be important for us. And yeah. Chaplin to score again. Chaplin to mark his PFA award and maybe Dane Scarlett to, uh, to oh, okay, yeah. with a goal as well. That would be, and maybe Brandon Williams to fire, you know, this Harry Clark goal that we've been waiting for. Maybe Brandon Williams will use. Oh, he was, he was close against Leeds, wasn't he? He, he was, yeah, he was. Um, uh, Matt, uh, listen to Ton of Love on the way to the Greyhound before the Exeter game in April set the whole day up right. Yeah, cracking song that. Yeah. Thanks again to editors. We will come back. Oh, Kev's gone for a one all. There we go. Um, Ipswich, the um, old boy, the ability to bounce back here. Um, bounce back is the issue. We will find out more, won't we? Um, and Mansour's gone for a four nil. I think that feels like a good point to end the predictions. We'll be back next week or in two weeks' time to see how we've got on. Any more shout-outs and questions, get them in the chat now. We will um, 
blitz through the chats before we say goodbye. Um, just one more um, opportunity to say thank you to the Greyhound, um, our partners for this podcast. Uh, do come back 24 hours time if you're watching this live um, or if you're watching this on Friday, come back and watch Craig and Joe. I, I'm, we're pretty certain that will happen. There's a little bit of logistics at play, but keep an eye on our socials. We'll let you know what's going on there. Even if, it does, if there's no transfers, come watch it anyway, because you can see Craig and Joe try and talk about something for well, they'll do their review of the, the squad, won't they? And you can all bemoan how we haven't signed Ellis Sims and Tom Cannon and all the other targets that we were supposed to be linked with as well. So, yeah, they're the guys for that kind of stuff. Join them tomorrow for that. And join us back on the flagship show on Sunday to talk about Cardiff, whatever the outcome, hopefully a positive one. And we will, um, yeah, we'll let you know what we're doing next week as well during the international break. But I'm sure there'll be something. Seb, as always, thank you for your research. Um, what's Any final thoughts from you? No, thank you to everyone for getting involved in the chat. Join the guys tomorrow night for the window. Hopefully a little bit of business. It's, it sounds like there might be a couple of outgoings and hopefully at least one incoming. So join Craig and Joe for that. Join the guys for the for the flagship. And because, oh, have we got to flip it now because we lost the leads? Have I got to sign us oh, out? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, we Is do. that how we're going to do it? Is that? So I'm just, gonna, I'm just putting a few more comments up. Um, does the Euro star have Wi-Fi, Craig? Be like Portillo. His journeys on the train podcast. I'm sure that will go down well on a Friday night, won't it? Um, I can't wait for Craig's up to date. Craig, Gang, we love Craig. He's been. Um, we've, we'll be glad to have him back on the show as long as his Wi-Fi can hold up. So, yeah, do join him and Joe. They both have some nice French tans, won't they? Or European tans is what we want to say. Thanks, Jules, for your predictions. Appreciate that. Um, Neil, thank you for your involvement. Um, Neil, um, thank you for your involvement too. David, Jason. Rodders as well. Thank you, guys. Um, Colin, as Colin says, 12 points out of 15 oh, would yeah. be brilliant. Seb, yeah. I'll hand it over to you then. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Let's go into the international break with 12 out of 15 points, like Colin just said. Come on, you blues! It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.